Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use Clojure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to chat about Clojure, all the Clojure-y things. We're, we're here to talk about the language itself, being productive in that language, problems we faced, how we got stuck. We're here to talk about things that you are stuck with, that you've told us about, or questions you have, uh, various libraries or techniques and all that. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, you can send us a tweet at Closure Design on Twitter, an email to feedback at closuredesign.club, or our favorite, which is hopping into our Closure Design dash podcast channel on the Closure and Slack. Um, we've had lots of good discussions over the last few weeks, and so uh, please come on in. Yes, so this week we're talking about sets. What are they good for? <laughs> Something. Absolutely nothing. No, that's the song. <laughs> they're, they're good for something more than absolutely nothing. <laughs> the answer to that question is not nil. <laughs> and not a set with nil in it, right? That's the thing. Right, right. What is the difference between nil and a set with nil? <laughs> a curly brace and a pound sign. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, more punctuation. Uh, yes, more punctuation. So sets. Sets are one of those things that I found myself really not using very much in Clojure. Uh, when, when, I, when I got into Clojure, it was pretty obvious to me, obviously lists and maps, you know, that, that was a known thing. And, and sets seemed useful sort of uh, in certain edge cases. And over time, I found myself using sets more. Um, it, it's, it's one of the like minor, more minor data structures. It doesn't just, it's the, you know, it's not going to get top billing. Let's just say <laughs> closure, use it for sets. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe it's an opening act, you know, right. Uh, but, but it's not the, not the headliner. Yes. It's not the headliner, yeah. like yeah, lazy think, sequences. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it's interesting because a lot of times in, in functional programming, we talk a lot about, you know, how. You know, there's there's people that talk about how programming is a lot like math, and um, so uh, sets are kind of one of those things where you know um, it's very much a a math uh, concept that you can use in your program, and um, and I think I, I, my my you know, my usage mirrors yours a lot where. I wouldn't. I hardly ever used them before, but then I started realizing there there was a few places where it, they were very useful, um, and and then and then you know. They, they, I, I just actually grabbed our source code to see where, where we use sets, and we actually used it in quite, quite a few places. Uh, it was more than I was expecting. I thought it would be just like a handful, but it was at least a dozen. So, Yeah, and so for me, the my aha moment for sets is when I realized that Clojure being a functional programming language with immutable persistent data structures, it's a value-oriented language. So so you can just throw whole values into sets. Not not like 42. Not I, I mean you could throw, you know, integers <laughs> like 42 and 12 and right. 1 and you know, uh some really large prime. But you can throw whole trees of data as values into sets. And and it handles it just fine. There's there's no punishment for that. Right? You you're basically on the cost of equality. When, when you're packing the set full of values, 
Um, but, but the actual value itself is often the persistent data structure memory area. And so the set itself just has a bunch of references to the values over there. And, and, then, and then you get these great benefits of, of now you have a unique set of values uh, that, that you threw in there. And so, so like complex values getting put in sets is one of the areas that really was, was a new thing for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, cheaply and efficiently too. Yeah, I think I think it mirrors a lot of uh, the other the other data structures like we talked about in the past using, you know, maps as the key inside of maps. <laughs> um, and so, right. like everywhere you can put a, 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 a simple value or a scalar value as we'd call it in Perl, um, you can put a data structure and because of the value cement, because closure is so da- value oriented, data oriented, um, it it works, but also it's useful. It's not just that, oh, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I dodged a bullet. It's like, oh, I actually would want to do that for, for you know, for um, uniqueness. Yeah. And so really that is the key for sets. It really is about uniqueness. It's about, it's about knowing that this is a bag of values and it's a unique bag of values. And so they could be simple values like keywords. So I, I also was looking at our source code for things. And and we use sets a lot for nominals, like bags of non- nominals. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, the like like permissions, you know, like what what specific permissions area a user has access to, you know, it's it's a bag of nominals, and so you can you can throw more permissions keywords in there, or take permissions out, and then you can just use a simple like can, like the contains, or you can use that Id- idiom where you put the set as the function name and then the value is the thing you want to look up in the set, you know, and it will come back with the value if it was found. That's another idiom right. for, for looking for things in sets. So, so we definitely use it for like bags and nominals. That's, that's a simple way that we use sets. Yeah. I think and it's, and, 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 and like uh, you can use sets to, um, to, to make sure that there's only, you know, that, that, that a collection is distinct like so if you have a permission like if you have a way of like listing all the permissions that a user has access to and their permission is a particular permission is listed in there twice if you take all the permissions and put them in a set that that particular permission will only be in there once and so you don't you, you're not going to get um like there, there's times when you want to have have lookup but there's times that you want to just have what are the distinct values and um right and and so we, you can just use the closure function distinct and get that. Like if, if all you want to do is get the distinct values for some other purpose, then then using a set is kind of like you know uh, is using a, a power tool for what a hammer can do. Um, but when you want to when you want to get a, dis, a distinct collection, but also be able then to look up in that collection whether for membership check for membership, um, that that's where a set really shines. Yeah, and so one of the one of the uses that I ran into that changed my perspective on sets is is I was querying I think it was Twitch, but I've I've run into this in a few places. But I was I was querying Twitch, and Twitch has a caching layer, and so when you ask Twitch for its viewership statistics, it gives you uh, a a value back and. And depending on what server you sort of randomly hit, you're you're gonna get a, a value that might be repeated from before 
It might be a new value, but it might just be a repeat. It might be a cached value. Uh, and so, for performance, I see, on their yeah, side. Yeah, for... Uh, right. So they have a big cluster of servers. Your request gets ra- routed to some, well, let's just say random one from our point of view. I'm sure they have some good reason it went to that server. <laughs> and then that server, its cache gets blown every now and again based on who knows what. And so you ask it the same question and you get uh, a different answer. So so I could ask, I could I could query like, what's the viewership for this channel? I could do three or four queries, you know, every every minute or so and, and come up with different answers. But some of those answers might be repeated because it's old data. And so I wanted to know, like, have I seen this value before? And so I realized, oh, I can I can have a set of the like the recent things, like recent answers. And then when I get a value back from the server, I can check to see if that value is contained in the set already. And that value is a complex value. It's not like 42. <laughs> it's a whole tree of data, right? And because of the way Clojure uh, can efficiently do equals comparisons, uh, it, can, it can tell me very efficiently if I have seen that value before. And I thought that was so cool that I could query some external server, get a tree of data back, and th- just throw it in the set. And now I can take that, take the next tree and just see, oh, is that in the set or not to, to know if I've seen this value before. Yeah. You, you didn't have to like, like a set will make it so that the, the, the lookup, the, 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 like, like a, a map is, is different from a set in that the, the key that you look up and the value that you're storing are different, but in a set, the key you look up and the value you're storing are the same. <laughs> and so right. if you, if you, if you were using a map instead, you would have to use find some unique identifier that you would use to key so you could find that blob of data to see if it's there or not. So, so maps are good for like lookups, but if all you all you all you care about is did I see this before or is this in the set of of, of values? You know, sets are a good you know uh, way way right. to do that. Yeah. So that was the first like not so obvious use of a set that that I ran into. Clearly, like having a list of nominals. And like the permissions example, or um, I think the other uh, another place where where we use a list of nominals is like the uh, various seasons. So so we deal a lot with esports data. So what what seasons has this player been involved in? You know, and so it's like a list of nominals, right? And and then we can we can do a difference between like two different players, and we can go, okay, what what. What seasons did both of these players, were both of these players involved by doing the intersection between their season sets? Or we could say, what, what, when were they not? <laughs> like, when was only one of them by doing a difference between their, you know, so that's, that's a more obvious use of sets, which is, which is very nice. It's very convenient to have that. Right. It's like the, 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 we definitely use it for the, so to speak, mathematical properties of sets. Um, there, there, there's one one part of our code where we actually need to reconcile a certain set of IDs, and that set of IDs is in three different uh, places. One is in an API, one is in the local files, and one is in the database. And we want to know, you know, wh- wh- which ones are, are in only one of those places and which ones are in all of those places. And so we actually create sets for all three of those 
set those IDs, and then we can use the, uh, the the functions out of the closure.set namespace, which like difference and intersection and union, to actually answer questions about those um, at, at an aggregate level instead of having to go through and and and, and go through every single um, uh, collection individually. Yeah, and so it it makes it a one-liner to really take you you have a set of values that are in place A and a set of values that are in place B and go okay what was added what was removed what you know what changed <laughs> what work um, do I have to do <laughs> it's yeah important. yeah and and especially so in the cases so so in pure functional programming we really like to emit a pure data structure that describes the work to be done we've we've talked about this a number of times in past episodes you you want to make whatever has to go mutate the world you know write the file send the thing to the database call the <laughs> api what you know that that grunt worker right that you you want to make it kind of as as plain and simple as possible and so Logicless. a common Yes. Yeah. A common task we have is like, okay, we we have a pure data structure that describes how things were. Now we have a pure data structure that describes how things are. And now we need to go tell this grunt, you know, what specific instructions to go do. Like, okay, you need to go to that file now, or you need to go to that database table, and you need to remove these records, and you need to add these records, and you need to alter these records mm-hmm. based right. based on this chain. You know, and so sets really help us calculate that out. So it allows us to keep lists of values um, in these pure data structures, and then and then calculate those differences out pretty cheaply, which is nice. Yeah, it really helps a lot when we need to um, when we need to send like we we deal with with large sets of data, and oftentimes there'll be a change in that data, and we'll need to know a way to figure out what has changed, um, and 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 sets really help um, figure out what's new, what's what's what what has been deleted, and that kind of thing, so that we can just send the differences instead of having to send the whole data set every time. Like I'm talking like uh, back end to front end. Like I want to tell the front end, hey, there's a new a change to this large data set. You know, here here's just a couple of adds and a couple of removes, and that's all you need to know. You don't have to communicate right. the entire data set again. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you keep the bucket of values in a set. It, it's nice because then you can uh, just just alter, you know, you, you in your in your new version of the set, uh, you you can just go ahead and you can do a difference on that and see like what is different now than before. Um, so so you brought it up, but I want to circle back and talk about like when we use a map instead of a set because a map mm. is kind of similar, like. If you think about the 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 keys, right? They the keys are distinct in a map because if you were to ever try to write to the same key, it, it it's replacing that one. So the keys of a map are kind of like a set in a way. You you can get similar semantics that way. But I I have observed that we tend to use maps when there is a key for the thing that is representative of the of the value you know so so we we want to look up stuff by its so-called key like back to our players you know we have player id 
we might have a big in-memory lookup table for player information. And so each player we know has a unique key, which is their player ID. So then we're going to have this lookup table keyed off of the player ID, right? We, we don't want to have to know all the player information to find the player. Like that doesn't make <laughs> sense, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so ma- maps are good for looking up data uh, and sets are good for membership. Like if all you were caring about was the list of player IDs and not the rest of the information, a set would be uh, just as useful as a map. But lots of times you don't just care about the ID. You care about all the name and the position and the, you know, favorite ice cream flavor, all those other things. And so you want that. That's, yeah. And you wouldn't have to want to know all that stuff just to find it in the set. Yeah. And so with maps, you kind of get uh, that similar property of distinct things, but it's distinct based on the key. You know, so if you if you have a key that's expressive enough. So going back to the example of where I was Twitch, uh, fetching out viewership data from Twitch for a specific channel, um, I could uh, it gave me a whole tree of data. I didn't control that tree of data. Right. And I didn't know which part of that tree was going to change. Right. And and the channel ID is my unique key. So I'm I'm querying the channel ID over time. So really, I I. I I wanted to take the value that I got back from the Twitch API endpoint and compare it to the previous value, actually a whole set of previous values, you know? So it's a value-oriented comparison, not key-oriented comparison in that case. That's that's really why the set made more sense in a map in that case. Yeah, especially because there was no distinct, like, unique value that you could use to... To, to just to um, distinguish that from another value like it was it was a big opaque value and so you could just treat it as an opaque value and closure would handle all the details yeah. which is nice yeah it's really nice to just be able to take an, a big tree and just compare it against another big tree and go is is equal <laughs> <You know? laughs> and closure does it pretty efficiently you would be surprised um especially if the the one tree is the descendant of the other you know, if you if you've done some operation, and gotten a new reference, then it's it's really fast. Um, <laughs> I like that. Well, so the less obvious case is when would you want to use a seek instead of a set, right? Like like when because because sequence, you know, you can't just look stuff up in it willy nilly like you can in a set, right? You you have to traverse it. So so when would you want to sequence instead of set? And well, for me, oh. yeah. I was going to say one of the things that comes to my mind is uh, one of my personal values is laziness. Um, if I have a, you know, a gigabyte of data, I don't want to have to put it, I, like a set's going to put, like has to know where, it has to know all the values to figure out what's distinct. Like that's its property. It's, it's like sets are, are sets inherently eager? I would say they are because they have to they have to know uh, what's distinct. Um, so for me, like the 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 lazy uh, case is something where a sequence is much better than than a set. Yeah, and so for me, one of the the ways into this question that I ran I've run into mm-hmm. is when do you want to call distinct on a list versus when do you want to into a set? You know, uh, right. And, and so calling distinct on a list is going to keep it lazy. And and the list you're going to get out of that, it it won't have any duplicate values, but it will be lazy. And and so depending on on the data that you're filtering through, 
So imagine, yeah, like you're saying, you you have a hundred megabytes of records, and you 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 don't ever want to see a duplicate value. You would want to call distinct on that. You get a lazy sequence for that, and then you can kind of chew through those without reading all you know two hundred megabytes of data into RAM or something. You know, yeah, or it's a set. The, right, <laughs> would read thing- it all. <laughs> that was interesting when I really thought about it the first time I thought about distinct and and being lazy is that um, I was like, well, but you have to know the whole the whole data set in order to know if something is distinct. But you can know that on an incremental basis because it keeps its own state inside of what it has seen. And so if it if it encounters something new in that lazy seek, so it's 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 just really cool right. that distinct can be lazy and still be unique. Like you can't make sort lazy sort has to know right but distinct yeah, can be lazy mean. right because it it's size the the amount of memory distinct needs is a size of the unique like the unique elements so mm-hmm. if you're to call into on a set where everything was unique or you called distinct on uh, a list where everything was unique then you would end up using the same amount of memory right because you didn't get any benefit but if you're calling distinct <laughs> on some sequence that has tons of duplication, it's only the unique amount of items that are gonna end up consuming memory, right? So so if you know that there's a lot of repetition, like you're taking a bunch of log lines and collapsing them or something like that, you know, into just what are right. the unique errors? Yeah. What are the unique errors I saw in this, you know, two months of operating, you know, this two gig log file or whatever? Because <laughs> um, you're, if your programs are at all like mine, uh, you're going to get the same error over and over again. <laughs> it's not a new error every time. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll we got to fix that bug. <laughs> tweak those log lines. Tweak those those error levels. Yeah, but then maybe the, that's a debug. Yeah, the other, the other case is ordering. So sets are, uh, are not ordered. So that's one, of, that's one of the things that can be a little frustrating, um, that they're not ordered. So if you if you do need ordering, then having a distinct l- sequence will, is order preserving. So if you need to know what happened first or second or third or fourth, um, that that's where you might want to use distinct in a seek instead of a set. Yeah, that's that's true. If you want to you want to preserve the order of the original collection, um, whatever order that is, <laughs> order preserving, right. Right. Yeah, and so like collapsing adjacent values, like that's a different problem than than just getting a unique set of values. So so for example, in logs sometimes you see a last message repeated 26 times. <laughs> certain certain things are known to do this if you're looking in like your Linux syslog or whatever. Right. Like that's not a set making problem so much as it is um, a sequence processing problem where as you see duplicate values, you you discard them, you know, based on whatever 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 value you last saw. If you see a bunch of repetitions, you're discarding them. So it's like more of a reduction type problem or filtering type problem. Right. It's a user interface type problem. <laughs> so I can see, yeah. see see the forest for the trees. Yes. Yeah, so sets are real nifty. You know, when you when you start throwing more complex information into them, um, you know, very compound keys or or whole trees of data, 
um, you, you might find yourself using them in ways that you didn't really imagine, um, short of the, the obvious lists of numbers or nominal kind of ways. Right. The mathematical use cases. <laughs> I think, yeah. um, I think it also wouldn't be a good episode on sets without uh, mentioning the, the closure.set namespace and all of its good operations, um, including the ones that are kind of odd that you find them in there. Um, well, it's two of the ones that we've used. Uh, one is called map invert, uh, which is, a uh, something you don't use very often, but we have used it for, uh, um, for basically inverting, you know, you just, all the keys and values swap, swap right. places, right? Um, and the other one that actually we use a fair amount is rename keys, where you want to take um, some keys in a map and rename them. Usually we're, we're on our way out, we want to namespace keys or we want to denamespace them or whatever. Um, so rename keys is another really useful function. It's kind of odd that it's over in the closure.set namespace, but I'm pretty sure there's a good reason for it. We just don't understand. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it is uh, odd that it is in the closure set namespace. Maybe somebody knows the answer to that mystery. And it speaking of map keys, sometimes like if you just need to check for membership, you can do that with map keys without turning it into a set. But if you do want to know if you have two different versions of of a map in time and you want to know which keys were added, which keys were removed, that's a case where we take the keys and we turn them into sets. Um, because then we can just use the closure set tools to do that very simply and quickly, which and, is kind of nice. And understandably, I think that's the, you can, you can probably do it without using sets, but if you use sets, it's like, it's really easy to understand what the code's doing. And that's, that's often a, a big goal for us is, you know, we, we want to make sure that six months from now we can still understand the code. <laughs> yeah, we, right. We go into kind of our manic state where we're just trying to fumble around to get something working at all. And then we take a breather and come back to the code. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, how do I need to reorganize this so it will make sense to me again in six months? So yeah, the the polishing state, right? <laughs> the the decleverizing. I like I like the clever is yeah. a word I used to like when I was a younger programmer, but now I don't like it so much. <laughs> right. Clever now equals hours of suffering <laughs> Scra- six months scratching. from now. Yes. Yes, yes. Cool. Well, that was a fun talk about sets. Um, I think uh, if, if there's anyone out there who has a, a unique use <laughs> of sets um, that they would like to share with us, please hop into our Closure Design podcast channel on the Closure in Slack and, uh, and let us know. Or you can send us a tweet at Closure Design or an email to feedback at closuredesign.club. Yes, that would make a big difference if you did that, were to reach out and let us know. <laughs> Send us your set puns. We, we like programming puns. So, so uh, if you want to hop in our Clojurian Slack channel uh, and send us your puns, that is a great use of that channel too, because we all need a little bit of bright, brightness in our day. To laugh when we're programming, yes. Uh, and then you can also find our past uh, episodes and show notes on the web at closuredesign.club. Okay, that's going to be it for this week. We hope uh, you enjoyed our talk on sets. You can uh, set set it down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh, be wait. back next week. Oh, yeah? Oh, don't, don't, oh yeah, don't we're going to be at the conj. Yeah. Yes, we will be at the conj, which you can also use with sets. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so come come be one of the unique sets of people <laughs> at the conch. Come join the set of people at the conch. Look us up. 
we'll be there. We would love to meet up. We'd love to spend some time chatting with you if you're going to be at the conj. Uh, so definitely find us there. Uh, and we will have another episode for you, which will magically emerge somehow during the conj. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> you'll get to see even how that happens. <laughs> but we'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>